Welcome to this special bonus episode of Shipwreck Sunday, where we investigate disasters at sea and the impact that they have on the world today. My name is Eleanor. Today, we will be discussing Titanic in film and culture, and how her sinking has changed pop culture as we know it. Before we dive in, I must inform you. This story does include details of a maritime disaster resulting in the loss of a vessel and death, as well as mentions of mass shootings, the Holocaust, and the September 11th attacks that may be disturbing to some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Please note before I begin that I am not a mariner or an expert in the field of maritime history, but I have done my research and will present the information as I understand it and with accurate nautical terminology. In today's episode, I will be including the basics of nautical terminology in the description for anyone who needs it. Today, there will be plenty of pop culture references, but no, we aren't doing a deep dive on any of the projects we discuss. As we know, Titanic was famous for being known as the unsinkable ship, though she was by far not the first ship or last ship with this moniker. She just so happened to fascinate the entire world, even from the time of her sinking. She inspired many works of both fiction and nonfiction since she sank over 110 years ago. Since her sinking, the shipping world and regular communal life has changed significantly. Any ship sinking is synonymous with Titanic in the eyes of the public, whether the comparison should be made or not. Any disaster at sea immediately gets compared to Titanic, reducing the seriousness of both sinkings. It devalues both sinkings, and it's honestly just disgusting to compare tragedies. Though not often, other tragedies do get compared to one another as well, and it is just as horrifying. Mass shootings and school shootings often get likened to the Columbine High School Massacre. Genocides like the Rwandan Genocide and the Armenian Genocide get compared to the Holocaust. The severity of wars get compared to World War II by insinuating they are World War III, and so forth. It's an odd phenomenon in human nature to compare and contrast tragedies, but each are uniquely horrible in their own ways, and in order to truly honor the victims of these tragedies without devaluing anyone, we should remember each individual tragedy as it was. Now, I'll get off my soapbox, and we will continue into a different part of Titanic's effects on culture. Commercialization. There is Titanic everything. Blankets, t-shirts, candles, whiskey jiggers, plates, candy boxes, decks of cards, phone accessories, postcards, you name it. Fascination with tragedy is normal to an extent, I'd say. It is in human nature to want to learn why these things happen and how to prevent them in the future. But when does fascination go too far? Is the commercialization of Titanic always a bad thing, or is there times when it is warranted? Let me give you an example. Would you want a shirt that says 9-11 with a picture of the Twin Towers falling? Probably not. That would be uncomfortable and hit too close to home. Well, since we are so far removed generationally from Titanic, we don't see shirts with depictions of her sinking with her name scrawled across it as taboo. And I don't necessarily think it is always taboo. I personally believe it is okay to celebrate the legacy of the ship and the passion for the ship herself, like having a shirt with her before the sinking or a model of Titanic. I do have to point out that commercialization of tragedy is not just limited to Titanic, since I've seen multiple very well-researched and well-said video essays on the commercialization of Titanic. There is commercialization of the Holocaust with memorabilia, works of fiction and nonfiction, and multiple movies and TV shows. Most of these are very classy and do a very good job honoring the victims and show the ugliness of the Holocaust, in my opinion. That is commercialization that I think actually helps keep a tragedy alive in the public's mind so we continue to learn from it and we don't repeat the horrors of the past. 
However, there is commercialization that is just brutal and horrible. For example, if you did not know, the two Columbine shooters wore shirts that said natural selection and wrath. Replicas of these two shirts are available for purchase, and to me, that is horrifying and disgusting, especially since many people who purchase these shirts cosplay the two shooters. Don't even get me started on the fanfiction either. I know that isn't commercialization since it isn't for sale most of the time, but it's gross too. There's also a sensationalizing of serial killers too. Being fascinated by tragedy and also disgusted by their actions is one thing, but wearing t-shirts depicting Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, or John Wayne Gacy pushes the envelope. I understand enjoying documentaries, podcasts, and other sources of educational material on serial killers, but pushing the narrative that they were anything but horrible people and monsters is where I draw the line, personally. Titanic's commercialization can fall on both sides of the coin. It can either be disgusting, romanticizing, or demeaning to the victims and the tragedy itself. However, it can also be commemorative, educational, or uplifting to the tragedy and her victims. Commercialization rides a fine line, and I think no matter what side you fall on in this debate, regardless, your opinion is valid, and your love of Titanic is valid as well. Though we cannot deny that the ship has been immortalized in multiple ways with various types of memorabilia. Titanic has also been immortalized in hundreds and hundreds of books, the first historically accurate being A Night to Remember by Walter Lord. It's a very good book, and I'll leave a link to my review of it from last year in the description if you are interested. There are fan fictions, fictionalized retellings, non-fiction retellings, and non-fiction books that simply relay nothing but the facts and are like textbooks, among so much more media about the sinking and the ship of dreams herself. Several survivors even wrote their own books relaying their experiences, many with details not aligning as everyone remembers tragedies differently when they experience them firsthand. There are even musicals and ballads inspired by the ship, one of which being the Titanic, which is a folk and children's song inspired by the ship in sinking. This particular song has been traced back to 1915 or 1916, but it's unknown who wrote it or came up with the ditty. The Titanic, also known as It Was Sad When That Great Ship Went Down, and Titanic, Husbands and Wives, goes like this, though I'm not going to sing it. It was sad when that great ship went down. Husbands and wives and little children lost their lives. It was sad when that great ship went down. It's similar to London Bridge or Ring Around the Rosie, I'm assuming. Something small children would sing on the playground playing jump rope and hopscotch. Disturbing, yes, but even back then, Titanic's influence on culture was well established. Music and books aren't the only media that was influenced by Titanic, however. Now we get into the real meat and potatoes of this episode, film. There are numerous films made about the disaster, some good, some bad, and some downright laughable. But the first of these films was released only 29 to 31 days after the ship sank, sources debate on the release date, and it starred a silent film actress who survived the sinking, Dorothy Gibson, and she even wore the dress she wore the night Titanic foundered. This film was saved from the Titanic, and it is considered lost. This means the film does not exist in any studio archive, private collection, or public archive, and so we know from other historical records that the film existed, but none of us will be able to see it. As I covered in the Cap Arcona video from last year, the Nazis created their own angering, inaccurate rendition of the sinking using the Cap Arcona as a Titanic stand-in, stating that the ship's sinking was due almost entirely to British greed, as were the deaths of over a thousand. It isn't impossible to find this film, but it isn't easy either. And I personally wouldn't even want to watch it, even for research purposes, and so I won't be promoting where to find this film. 
The way the Nazis chose to portray Titanic is downright enraging, and the fact they used Cap Arcona earned her the disgusting moniker the Nazi Titanic when she sank. Again, as I said in the Cap Arcona video, stop using this nickname. It lessens the suffering of the victims of both Cap Arcona and Titanic, and comparing tragedies like this is just foul. I've seen the comments on my Cap Arcona video of people trolling me for saying that, and I don't care. I will continue to advocate for both ships and encouraging people to remember both for what they were rather than comparing. The 1958 British film A Night to Remember, based upon Walter Lord's book of the same name, is one of my personal favorites, as you might know from my review earlier this month. It is entirely focused on the real people involved in the tragedy, and sticks to the facts of the sinking as closely as we've ever seen. The only flaw? At the time, no one knew Titanic had broken in half when she was sinking, and so that was not included in his novel or the movie. But other than that minor detail that was unknown in the 1950s when the film was made, the movie is a masterpiece. For many, this is the quintessential Titanic retelling, and once you've seen the film, it's easy to see why. Most of the visual effects from that time surprisingly hold up pretty well, and the sinking liner in the movie looks convincing. Of course, the most famous and popular movie about Titanic is James Cameron's 1997 work Titanic, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, and it follows two fictional characters, Jack and Rose, as they fall in love and are tragically torn apart by the sinking. Though there are quite a few accurate depictions in this movie as well, and it's a beautiful film in my opinion, there are historical inaccuracies that are hard to overlook. Some are minor details, like the propellers being incorrect, or the biggest one for me, which was depicting William Murdoch killing himself. It is not proven that William Murdoch shot himself. It's not disproven either, but it is merely rumor, and I think perpetuating it when it has been hotly debated, with many researchers leaning away from that conclusion now, to be purely inflammatory and all for revenue. I go into more detail on my love and hate relationship with the 1997 Titanic movie in my review. There are many other films and TV shows as well, some spectacular and some not. For instance, take Titanic 2, a movie I reviewed earlier this month, and a movie so poorly received it has a mere 1.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Released in 2010's straight-to-home video, it was written, directed by, and starred Shane Van Dyke, and it was supposed to be a sequel to the first Titanic movie where a ship, aptly named Titanic 2, set sail on the original route Titanic took exactly 100 years later. I apologize if it is one of your favorite movies, but I just can't take it seriously. It is hysterical to me. Titanic and her legacy have bled into every facet of everyday life, whether we are conscious of it or not. Even safety procedures were changed immediately after the disaster, specifically in regards to lifeboats, even though there had been numerous wrecks in the past where people died due to a lack of lifeboats and the public had cried out for change. For some reason, Titanic was the ship that changed everything. It's hard to pinpoint an exact reason for this, but my personal belief is because of how large, beautiful, and modern the liner was, her moniker as the unsinkable, and the fact she was a White Star Line ship. And with all of these factors combined, her sinking was just impossible for the public to accept or forget. Of course, the coolest thing to come about has been museums and exhibits where you can learn more about the Titanic and see actual artifacts recovered from the vessel. An exhibit came through our town a couple years ago, and Derek took me because he knew how much it would mean to me. It was an amazing experience, being able to see so many artifacts and recreations of first and third class suites, 
However, there are many permanent museums as well, and they are worldwide. Search in your area, and surely there's something within a few hours' distance. I do have a love-hate relationship with removing artifacts from the wreck, being that it is disturbing a gravesite. But I do see the educational value and research value of doing so. So again, this rides a fine line too. All I know is seeing artifacts from the ship was powerful, moving, and emotional for me. Knowing these items were held by people who had no idea what was going to happen really made me think about the tragedy in a more human light. And I continue to do so going forward. If removing artifacts from the ship can do that for others and forces people to remember the victims, then I think the value of that can't be overstated, even though it is saddening and disturbing to disrupt a gravesite. Titanic will always, always be a part of society, even after the ship has disappeared. Her legacy lives on, and so do the stories of her victims as long as we honor them. I think the most important thing to take away from this is that Titanic isn't something to romanticize, as so many of us tend to do. Even I am guilty of it from time to time. But she is something to truly honor and remember the mistakes of the past so they are not repeated. Thank you all so much for such a fantastic Titanic-themed month. It's been an honor to look into my three favorite vessels with you and to really dig deep into the stories of each one. Stick around for Sunday when I complete the story of the three sisters and we cover HMHS Britannic. Thank you for tuning into the final bonus episode of Titanic Month on Shipwreck Sunday. If you liked this episode and are listening on YouTube, please give us a like, leave us a comment, and subscribe to our channel. If you liked this episode and are listening on Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, or another podcast service, please subscribe for more content and leave us a five-star review as it does help us reach more listeners like you. If you have any ships you'd like us to cover, please leave us a comment and you might hear your favorite ship here on the podcast. Check out our community tab for updates and to interact with us, and don't forget to check out our second channel, Speed Force Media. Tune in this Sunday for our final story of Titanic Month, the sinking of HMHS Britannic. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.